Thank you for joining us on the Crossroads Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you as part of our family. We're a community where people are welcomed home, built up, and sent out. Our prayer is for you to find meaningful relationship and belonging with both God and His people. We'd love to connect with you. Download the Crossroads Church app, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or simply send us an email at info at mycrossroads.co. We pray that as you hear this message, you encounter Jesus and all that He has in store for you. Good morning, everybody. Oh, you can do better than that. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) And good morning, those who are watching online. Thank you for being part of uh, this service. We just want you to know you are special to us, and we love you, and you're a part of the Crossroads family. Uh, I do want to say, bless you, whoever was, man, that was an incredible sneeze back uh, I want to say to those invite you to the Taste of Crossroads Luncheon, uh, that's a great way for me to get to know you better, you get to know me better. If you've been coming, if this is your very first week, if you've been coming for a long time and you've really never taken the next step, you want to see what the church is about, I want you to do that. If you're watching online and you're around in the area and you want to see what the church is about, come on down. It's going to meet right after the, uh, the second service in the cafe back here. Can't wait to, to meet you and get to know you better. Uh, I want to start out with a parable. Okay, there's, there was a, a, a place, a highway in the Pacific Northwest, and it was treacherous. This little part of highway, there was a, a hairpin turn that, that people careened off of all the time. And many a car had been lost, many a person had been lost, many a life had been wrecked because it went off this, uh, this, this curve. And so, known as Dead Man's Curve. And so there were some people that were really compassionate and really caring. They, they, they hated the fact there were so many people getting hurt. So what they decided to do was to build a hospital at the bottom of the cliff. And they were going to take care of the people who had fallen off the, the cliff, and that's exactly what they did. Anytime somebody went off the cliff, people rushed to that person's aid, and they made sure that they got to the, the, the hospital and the emergency care that they needed. And, and many, many people's lives who were broken got healed. Many people who were, were on death's door got saved and, and, and did an incredible job. And out of the compassion and care of some very caring people, a lot of people's lives were transformed. But then suddenly one person thought, of something to do different. They thought instead of building a hospital at the bottom of the cliff, let's build some signs and let's build a guardrail at the top of the cliff so people don't go off the cliff to begin with. And you know, as we start 2020, one thing that I know is so many times we spend our our life reacting to life instead of being proactive. We build hospitals at the bottom of the cliff in our marriages and in our family and in our career and in our job and in whatever else you can mention instead of building some some guardrails at the top and and being proactive instead of being reactive. We are in the starting a second part of a series of of called Be which is saying beyond existence. And so many people, we just exist. We just go through life. We just, we just survive. And God has so much more than that. And one thing, if we want to take it to a next step, if we want to go beyond existence, we can't just be reactive in life. We have to be proactive in life. And maybe you can relate to somebody this week that said this. My title at work is manager. But in reality, I spend most days doing little managing. I spend most days reacting to issues and running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Maybe some people can relate to that. I've never preached this me- a message like this. I've never heard a message like this, but I think it is so important if we want to go beyond existence. 
And let's break that down. Let's break proactive and reactive. The, suff- the prefix pro, what does it mean? It means to go before, right? And re means to go afterwards. So what being proactive means, you go before the action. You, go bef- you do something before the problem. You do something before the crisis. You do something before the situation. But reactive means you do things after the crisis, after the problems, after the issue. And whether you're on the front end of that or the back end of that makes all the difference in the, in the world. There's something, too, is, uh, is a proactive person, don't miss this. This will change your life. And the sooner you understand this in life, the more important it is. Here's the thing is a proactive person's choice are based on their values and principles. And what that means is saying, this is really important to me. This is vital to me. This is, this is crucial to who I am and who I want to be. Therefore, I'm going to be proactive and doing everything I can to make sure this happens, to guard this, to protect this, to make this flourish. I'm going to do everything. They're, rea- they're starting to, to, I mean, they're starting with the problem, or not the problem, starting with the principles and values. A reactive person makes choices primarily based on the circumstances and the necessities. They're going, okay, here's the situation, but now I'm going to respond to that. And now it's necessary that I respond to that instead of being proactive to do it about your values. An example of that would be this. Say you want to, a, a, a person, a proactive person wants to get in shape, right? Wants to be, be healthy. What they would do is, is this. Okay, I want to be in shape so, so because of these reasons. I want to be healthier. I want to have more energy. I want to be stronger. I want to have more endurance. I want to look better. I want to fit into that dress. I want to fit in that swimsuit. I want to live longer, whatever it is. It's a proactive thing based on values. A reactive person says, well, the doctor said that I've got to start getting in shape and I've got to start doing things because, because of my blood pressure, because of my cholesterol, because of this, because of that, because of that. They are reacting to a bad situation. This person is saying, I value this, therefore I'm going to do everything I can to make this, to make this happen. And, and we, we serve a really, really, really proactive God. I mean, think about it. God said this. He said I, that we love because God first loved us. I mean, we are responding to God's love. God was the one who took the initiative. It wasn't us. He said, I'm going to love you before you ever love me, before you know me, I'm going to love you. Something else that he, he did is, uh, I love this verse. It's just this hidden nugget in Scripture. It says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blood, blemish or defect. Here it was. He was chosen before the creation of the world. Wait, 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 wait. God is so proactive that he created us right? He created us, and he knew when he created us, he gave us a choice, and he knew we would blow it. He knew we would make the wrong choice, and we would turn our back on him. So he already had Jesus on the way to the cross to redeem us before we even created us. He had the answer. How about that? He had the answer before there was ever a problem. That's how proactive God is in our life. Or the song we just sang, that, that, that he is the one that, that will send the, go out for the, look out for the one, leave the 99 and go after the one. He will be proactive to search for us. Long before we ever cared about God, he searched for, for us. And something else there too is Jesus says this, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and have a relationship with them and they with me. 
Did you get that? God is proactive. He's the one that knocks on the door of, uh, of our heart. But something, so what do we do? God, we serve a proactive God. What do we do? We respond, we react to his proactivity. I mean, God may be knocking at the door, but if somebody's knocking at the door, you've got to do something. You've got to react to that. They're going to stay on the door, uh, stay at the door as long as you, you leave them there. In order for them to come in, you've got to do something. And the Bible says this. He says, to all who receive him, to those he gives the right to become children of God. Now, we've just been from Christmas time, and probably every single one of us, we were given a gift or gifts from people. And one thing that we knew that we had to do is we had to not just receive that, we had, to, we had to open it. We didn't know just, it wasn't just enough to know that it was there. It wasn't just enough to know that it was something really cool, really amazing, really something that we needed. We needed to receive it. We needed to open it up. And the same way, just with salvation, is, is God offers us eternal life, but we have to do something about it. You know, I was talking to a lady just the other day, a young lady, and this is a a conversation I've had literally with hundreds of people, probably with thousands of people. I've asked them this question. I come to the point of, of when they're talking about their faith. I said, if Jesus right now were knocking at the door of your house and you knew it was Jesus or you knew it was absolutely him, he's knocking, what would you do? And for the hundreds of people, I've never had one person say, I'd leave him at the door. Every person said, of course, I'd let him in. And then I asked the question and say this, all right, right now Jesus is, uh, is knocking, the Bible says, at the door of your heart. What are you going to do? And without, you know, with maybe one or two exceptions and hundreds of people said, I need to let him in, don't I? We need to respond. Jesus can offer us eternal life, but we need to do that. And maybe even right now, you just want to do that and say whether you're listening right now online and just go, it's as easy as saying, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. I'm going to react to your action. I receive the gift of eternal life that you, that you offer me. But something else, the, that passage that we just read, that in context, that's written to, to Christians, not to non-Christians. So what that means is every day of our life, Jesus is knocking at the door of our life and giving us an invitation of relationship, giving us an invitation of adventure. My mind went back to when I was growing up in, in Colorado, and, and I loved the summers in Colorado because every day, man, so many people would come to the door of my house and knock on the door and say, hey, do you want to go to the pool? Hey, do you want to go to the mountains? Hey, do you want to ride our bikes? Hey, do you want to play basketball? Hey, do you want to play football? Hey, do you want to do something? It was always an invitation to adventure. And, but I had to make a choice, didn't I? I could say no or I could say yes and join that adventure. The same thing is true with, with God. Where's, where's Beachy? Is, he, is Beachy here? Uh-oh, Beachy was supposed to be out here for an illustration right now. But uh, the Bible says this. The Bible says, uh, Jesus said 22 times in Scripture, he said, follow me. That's an invitation. That's an incredible, proactive invitation for us to follow him. But one thing about it is if you follow somebody, you've actually got to follow them. You react to what they are doing. If they go right, you go right. If they go left, you go left. If they stop, you stop. If they go forward, you go forward. You can't sit here and follow somebody. It's, it, you have to respond to what they are doing. In the same way, we, those of us who say we are a follower of Jesus Christ, every day we need to react to what he's doing. Every day we get this invitation for relationship, this invitation to adventure, this invitation to follow him. And every day we've got the choice to either sit here and do nothing or we need to go beyond just, uh, just living and go and follow, follow him. Something else is, and this is really cool, not only does God want us to react to his invitation, he invites us 
to, to be proactive, and he'll respond to, to, to our invitation. Isn't this incredible? He said this, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened to him. You know what that's saying? Saying this, I'm not just the one that's knocking. He said, I want you to knock and I'll answer. I'm not just gonna, gonna you know, have you say something and then you respond and follow me. I'm gonna, I want you to, to, to ask and I'm gonna answer you. I'm, you knock, I'm gonna answer the door for you. An incredible invitation that God gives us. Something else he gives us the invitation to is he, he said uh, uh, a verse that many of us love is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Hear that. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And we're going, that's incredible, God's plans. But he says, now what I want you to do is I want you to be proactive and ask me to come in on that. Look at the rest of this verse. Sometimes we forget verse 12. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart, and I will be found by you declares the Lord. Again, you don't accidentally search for somebody with all your heart. That takes intentionality. And he says, when you are proactive and you're searching for me, you are gonna, I, I mean, I'm gonna react to that and you're gonna find me. In fact, the, the greatest proactivity that we could ever do is to pray. Jesus said this, don't miss this, or God says this. He said, you have not because you what? Because you ask not. I mean, God's saying we're missing out on life because we are not proactive in our prayers. The most proactive thing you can do for yourself is pray. The most proactive thing you could ever do for your family is pray. The most proactive thing you could ever do in your marriage is pray. The most proactive thing you could ever do for your children. The most proactive thing you could ever do for your parents. The most proactive thing you could do for your job. The most proactive thing you could ever do for your church is to pray. Because what we're doing is we're saying, and God says when we are proactive in prayer, God is going to be reactive in answering prayer. And so here's the cool thing. Jesus is saying, I want you to be reactive to my proactivity, and I'm going to react to your proactivity. What an incredible invitation both ways. So here's something that we need to, again, this is really, really, really important. It's this. The cost of being reactive is always greater than the cost of being proactive. Did you hear that? The cost of being reactive, eventually it will cost you way more to be reactive than it will be to be proactive to begin with. An example of that would be, would be if, remember the oil filter commercial they used to have, Fram oil filters? And they used to say this, you can pay me now or you can what? Pay me later. What are they saying? You can either buy a, pay a $5 for an oil filter now and be proactive about that, or you can be reactive when, the, when, when, your engine, when your engine fails, when your engine breaks down, and that'll cost you hundreds or even thousands of dollars. And the same thing, to be proactive in our, in, our, in our relationships, to be proactive in our finances, to be proactive in those things will always cost us far, far, far less than being reactive. So what are some of the ways that God wants, in the areas of our life, that God wants us to be proactive? Well, one thing is in our, our marriage, isn't it? For those that are married, for those who are going to be married someday, here's something that, that we realize is that the reason we came together most likely in almost every situation is because you were proactive in your relationship. You made that invitation. You went on dates. You intentionally spent time together. You intentionally listened together. You intentionally shared your, th your thoughts and your hopes and your dreams. You intentionally proactively
things for each other. You bought, you bought flowers or you made cookies or anything like that. You intentionally, you were proactive in, in showing affection to each other and holding hands and kissing and things like that. The reason your relationship fostered and grew and, and, and things was because you were very proactive in that relationship. But what happens a lot of times as we're married is, is we forget and we stop being proactive and things break down. The relationship breaks down. The communication breaks down. And then suddenly we find ourselves reactive and we're reacting to the crisis. We're reacting to the struggle. We're reacting to the, to the disagreements and things like that. So what's, the, what's the, the, the antidote for that? It's to become proactive again. And do the things you did at the start to, again, to spend time together, to go on the date nights, to, to carve room for each other, to share your hopes and dreams, to do those things again. It's as simple as that. Another thing that we can need to be proactive in is in our relationships. Dale Carnegie says this, you can make more friends in two months by becoming really interested in another person than you can in two years by trying to get another person interested in you which is just another way of saying that the way to make a friend is to be a friend. You know, something that we, if you want to be a friend of somebody, if you want to get to know that person, if you'd like to date that person, be proactive in, in that. Don't wait and be reactive and hoping that someday they'll, you know, they'll, they'll invite you to something. Be proactive in that. If you want to get to know somebody better, be proactive. Invite them to do something. Invite them to spend time and things. And, you know, one thing that we try to be really proactive in the, in the church is provide opportunities for friendship, provide opportunities for relationship, for you to get to know people no people in fact I mean taste the crossroads is one of that but you've got to be reactive to that you've got to be proactive and take that step of order to, to do that but where is God telling you to take some steps in friendship in, in strengthening the relationships you have or starting new relationships another thing is be proactive in your in your health what are some things that you can do in the next, in the next 12 months that 12 months from now in on January of 2021 you're going to be healthier what is a proactive step you can take? Maybe it's, maybe it's joining a gym. Maybe it's going to a gym. Maybe it's taking walks every day. Maybe it's eating healthier. Maybe it's taking a proactive thing of taking vitamins or taking supplements. Or maybe it's a proactive thing of getting inoculations or things to make it so you don't have to react to things uh, later, later on. And also be proactive in your finances. Think of this. Uh, I saw the statistic that said 77% of all American adults are in credit card debt. And the average debt that people have is, is $8,400. That means $13.86 trillion uh, in, our, in our country is in, is in credit card debt. In other words, we are way more proactive in spending our money than in staying out of debt or getting out of debt. Another thing that we find is very few people are really sp are saving money, investing things for their for ret retirement. And what we those people find is they have to be reactive at a time when they don't want to be reactive, when they should have been proactive way back way back here. You know, my my dad, um, he he set me down one day. I'll never forget the day. And he shared this several other times with me and reinforced this, but I'll never forget a time. I was a young man, probably 10, 10 11, 12 years old, and he said things that I'll never forget. He said this. He said, I'm gonna, son, I'm going to tell you some things about finances that are so, so important to being proactive in your finances. The one thing is the first 10%, always give your first 10% to God. 
Always honor God first with your finances. Be proactive in that. My dad wasn't even a Christian at the time, and yet he honored God with a tithe. Always did his whole, the whole life that I ever saw him. Another thing he said, and then he said, give the next 10% to yourself. Save for a rainy day. Invest in things because that's going to that's gonna come back and let your money work for, for you. The third thing he said is always is never get into to, to credit card debt and, and things like that. And he said, and the fourth thing is he said, always spend less than what you what you make. That's just being proactive in in, in things, and, and that's that helps us with being proactive instead of being reactive in our finances. And also be proactive in raising our children. And I could talk about a hundred different ways. This let's just talk about one, and that's raising them in the Christian in the Christian faith. One thing uh, that, that I can't wait for a sermon in a few weeks because I'm doing one on, uh, on the way we can impact the world around us. And I've asked you questions. I've asked dozens and dozens of you guys questions of, of who's been the biggest impact in your life. And I, I can't wait to share what they said. But so many people said, my parents. Because my parents raised me in the faith. My parents gave me an environment. They gave me example of what it meant to be a man or woman of, of God. And, it's, and, and that's the, the greatest thing that has ever impacted my life. So for every one of you that are doing that, uh, way to go. For every person in here that brought your, brought your child in here today, uh, and every person that's, that's listening with your children right now, way to go. I mean, good job because you're putting them in an environment where they're hearing the word of God. You're putting them in an environment where they're going to they're gonna fall in love with Jesus and, and fall to, to love Jesus as, uh, as well. So well done. Because we have some friends that just in the last few, few weeks, they did something. They're from out of town, and they said this. They said, you know, we were really proactive in raising our, our children in, in sports, but we were very non-proactive in raising our kids in the church and in the, in the faith. And said, now they're, they're 20-some years old, each one of them, and, and none of them have anything to do with God, and none of them have anything to do with the, the church or anything to do with faith. And hear this, parents, because they said a hundred times over, if we had to do it over again, that we would raise them, make sure that we were proactive in the faith, because the other thing, a bottom line, doesn't really matter that much. And something else, if I had a dollar, parents, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard that, for a child that's gone wayward, start hanging out with the wrong people, start using the drugs, start making bad decisions and, and stuff. So many times it was because they weren't pre, the parents weren't proactive in raising them. They were having to be reactive in, in other ways. And let me say this. Though you can raise your children in the Christian faith and everything, and they can still go haywire. They really can. And then you can, you can be prepared with your finances and everything and be really proactive that, and suddenly, you know, some catastrophic thing can come along and, and you have to be reactive. You can be really proactive in your marriage, proactive in relationships and something, or proactive in your health, and something come along and it can throw a monkey wrench in the, in the whole thing. But you and I both know that the more we are re proactive in something, the less likely it is for there to be breakdowns in the, uh, in the other way. So we need to be proactive in all those. But something also is be proactive in your, in your faith. What are you going to do this year to strengthen your faith? What are you going to do this year to, to make it where, where 12 months from now you love God more? What are you going to do that you're more involved, that, that God has used your gifts and, and abilities to make a difference in this world? What are some proactive steps? Because here's the thing you have to understand, is the people who are growing in their faith don't do it by accident. They do it because they're proactive in doing things like what you're doing right now. You're being proactive in, in developing your faith. 
It's, uh, and, and the people who are hearing from God, they're the people who are intentionally listening to God and finding out what his word and finding out what his voice says. The people who are used of God, it's not by accident. It's the people who have taken a step, just like we're going to have an opportunity, you're going to have an opportunity to do in a little while. The people who take a step to get involved in one way or the other, those are the ways that, those are the people that God uses uh, in, in life. And one thing, you know, I want you to know, at Crossroads, we understand something. We understand that part of our calling as a church is to be the hospital at the bottom of the, of the cliff. We know that. I mean, there, because every one of us, we fall off the cliff one way or the other in, in different degrees, don't we? I mean, sometimes because we've, we've you know, chosen to, to fly off the cliff. Other times you're a passenger in a car that somebody else has flown off the cliff, and it's affecting you. And then there's other times we're just standing on the cliff and life collapses around us because life just, just happens. And, we, you know, one thing we want to be is we want to be that place where you can come and, and broken people can be healed and people can be restored and people can be put back on the, uh, on the, into to life again. That's part of our calling. But even our, you know, a greater calling that we have than that is we pray that we put some guardrails up and we, we pour the word of God into you and give you principles and, and things that you don't fall off the, there to begin with. With. But you make godly decisions and godly values of your own that you say, this is the person I want to be. This is the relationship I want to have with God. Therefore, I'm going to be proactive and do these things. So here's the question that I, and I, and I want to say this too. As you hear this message, every one of us, we can be kicking ourselves and going, I really need to be more proactive in this area, in this area. All of us, right? But in, and when I look at my life, there's ways, there's places I'm really proactive and there's places I need to be more proactive, that I'm more reactive than proactive. So what's God saying to us? What's God saying, more importantly, to you right now? What is God saying that 12 months from now, you're going to be stronger in the faith? What things that you can be to, to, to be proactive in your faith? What can you be more proactive in the, your relationship with your, your kids and their, their faith? What can you be more proactive, is God telling you to do, in regards to your health? What is God telling you to do in, in, in regards to your finances? What is God telling you to do in, in regards to your relationship, in regards to your marriage, and in regards to, we could go on and on. Where is God telling you that we can be more proactive? Here's the thing, too, is, is I look at the, the back of the, the sanctuary, and I love this. I love the fact that, uh, I love the verse. and says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Did you hear the words, the very first two words? Therefore, go. That's as proactive as you can get, right? I mean, go. God is saying we don't wait for people to come in here. We go to them. That's why we show things online. That's why we go on the mission field. That's why we go involved in our community, heavily involved in our community, because we know that we're called to go, not just wait for people to come to, uh, to us. And the reason I'm standing here before you is because people cared enough to be proactive in my life. That there was my, my, my uh, brother's girlfriend that was proactive in my life, and she invited me to a camp where I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. There was a man standing up that was proactive, that he took his time to, to give me an invitation to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I bet you the same thing is true with you. I bet you are here today because somebody somewhere was proactive, and they shared their faith with you. They invited you to an event. They invited you here. They invited you to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Maybe your parent was proactive in your, uh, in, in, in your life. But something here is, uh, I know Bobby said this. I, I love this. He wrote this and he said, I gave my life to Jesus after being asked and confronted on my eternal destiny as to what would happen to me if I died that night. Ashley, who is his wife, 
was proactive. There's the word. In other words, she was looking for opportunities to ask me that question and share her faith with me. Although I've always believed in God, I've been able to keep God at arm's length because no one else in my life was proactive and intentional about asking me the eternal question. So until then, I've been able to avoid the reality of the implication of my answer to that question. When I was finally asked specifically where I would go if I died that day, I did not like that I could not answer the question with confidence. That's what compelled me to surrender to the Lord once and for all. Let me ask you this question. Who can you be proactive in? Who can you be proactive in their life to, to invite them to church? Who can you be proactive in, in sharing your faith with? Who can you be proactive in just giving your testimony or doing something positive in the life that points them to faith in Jesus Christ? Where is God saying, and, and if the, the um, mission team could come up, we are, we're going to have opportunities to do things in missions to, today. And missions has been a huge, huge, huge part of my life. It's been something that I've done many, many, many times. It's changed my life. I went to change other people's. It's changed my life. It changed my, my out view of, of God. It changed it changed my view of the world. It changed my view of myself. And there's nothing any greater in the world than knowing that God used you to make a difference in this world. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Crossroads podcast. Check back with us weekly to hear more messages. We hope you have a blessed day.